Welcome back to Eddie's Launchpads, the Dogsthorpe Infant School podcast for parents, carers, teachers and schools. This is your captain speaking. We've been cleared for departure. Okay, Eddie, start the countdown. Five, four, three, two, one. Dogsthorpe Infant School is part of Hampton Academies Trust. We want every child to dream, believe and shine. Yes, welcome back to Eddie's Launchpads. Eddie is here with me, sitting down at my feet, eagerly awaiting our next guest. Her name is Lynn and she is from Literacy Tree. Welcome to the show, Lynn. Hello, lovely to be here. Could you give us an idea of the inspiration behind Literacy Tree and what you're offering today? It is a book-based resource um, and it's a book-based curriculum that goes all the way from reception up to year six. And it means that all the curriculum requirements can be met through high quality, mostly picture books. There are some novels in there as well, but it's a resource that teachers and parents can go to to have a look at what books might make those really strong curriculum links, but also not just links for history or geography, but PSHE as well, um, and computing. And we we want to make sure that these are the books that help us to engage with and ask those questions and make those deeper, richer connections. Absolutely. The, it's vital that our, our parents and our schools really grasp the, the thing about literacy. I know a lot of our schools do, if not all of them, uh, see the importance of reading because it's one of the first tasks that we encourage our children to do, to recognise the letters, to form the words when they're in early years, and then to build on and, and get a love of reading. And it is so vitally important, isn't it? It is so important. I think there's a a saying that, you know, goes back years and years now that, you know, children are made readers on the laps of their parents. And we know that and we wouldn't want to take away from the job of parents either um, that the, you know, first job of teaching your child to read is to model that love of reading and that love of picking up a book. Um, And sometimes that will be a book that you've uh, been given from school. And sometimes that will be a book or something that you've picked up from home. Uh, but, you know, the wonderful thing about that isn't necessarily about the child sitting through and being able to decode and read everything. It's about just modelling, looking at the pages and being able to pick out things within that that they're going to like and enjoy and what questions they've got. And actually just having a little bit of time where reading for pleasure is being modelled on a daily basis so that it becomes part and parcel of our routine and it goes further then to make them into readers for life. We know how valuable that is um, in school, but we know that school can't always do that by themselves. 
parents of Dogsthorpe children, if you go onto our website, there is a special reading section. You can uh, get hold of some really good ideas because what we want our children to do, and I'm sure I speak for all schools and, and all teachers who are listening to this, what we want is a child to love reading. To pick, in, pick up a book, to see it, look at the front cover, get excited about it and get stuck into it. Because through that, we can uh, learn about descriptive words. We can learn how how characters develop. And that gives them um, a, a much deeper love of reading, yes, and writing and descriptive words, describing things. It helps their vocabulary. So it's really, really important, all you dog thought parents uh, of dog thought infants, um, next time you're, you're, you're home and your child brings home a book, just five minutes. Sit down, listen to them read. And if they can't read, if they're too young to read at the present, well, then read them a story because and what, let them see the pictures, let them see the words because it's a, it's a wonderful way in. Now, with Literacy Tree, um, I'm guessing you, you share our love, Lynn, for um, uh, the, getting children into literacy. So uh, I'm guessing that's why you started Literacy Tree. But uh, could you give us, uh, our t- for our teachers who are listening, what are the sorts of resources do you offer? So it's a real range of resources um, through the books and some of the books that we have um, have those strong historical links like Escape from Pompeii, for example, is a great one for discussing Romans, but also Pompeii, also volcanoes, obviously. Um, Some of the books we choose because we want our children to be seen and feel represented by them. So we make sure our books have a real diverse range of characters, but also diverse range of authors have been chosen for the books that we have within Literacy Tree as well. One of our latest resources, which is for early years, is called My Shadow is Pink. Mm. Um, And that's just such a lovely book because it's all about a boy who feels like, you know, he's trying to really impress his dad and his dad has a really strong blue shadow, and often books are great, aren't they, for really showing what's inside a child's head, how bonkers sometimes their worlds are, um, and what's going on in terms of their imagination. And he sees his father's shadow to be a strong blue shadow, but he can't work out why his shadow is pink. Um, (laughs) And actually, he is loved, um, and loved for who he is. And that's a really strong message that comes Mm. through. So although it doesn't have a really strong curriculum link, we know it's an important book in terms of some of the questions that might get asked by that. But also for some of our quieter children who aren't asking lots of questions, who aren't talking about it, just might be some quiet affirmation for them in terms of who they are um, and, you know, feeling like, you know, they've got a place in the world and a place in society. So... We know books can do that. They can help us to empathise. They can help us to connect. And often when I'm talking to parents and teachers, I'll say, can you remember a book from your own childhood? Can you remember a book that um, you did at school that you um, read because a teacher introduced you to it? For me, it was Jane Austen's Emma. And my teacher introduced me to it because I had been reading some real American trash, some brilliant American uh, teenage novels uh, that were all about a pair of twins. It was called Sweet Valley High, I think, and I would read them under the table. 
Um, and my mother had always read, she'd always read magazines like People's Friend and My Weekly. So reading for pleasure had been modelled to me, but we weren't an academic family. We just read, you know, read anything, read the back of cereal packets. Um, and so it wasn't till I'd gone to school that that reading for pleasure then turned into reading for studying or reading for academic means. And I had a great teacher who was able to say, oh, I can see you're reading this. And actually, that is a great book. And it's going to be really useful because the book we're doing is exactly the same as Sweet Valley High. It's about girls that get interested in everything. Um, and it's called Emma by Jane Austen. And then, of course, I read Jane Austen. Um, and I always say one book leads to another. Mm. And if we can get that right, uh, then, you know, we're on to something. Because it isn't about pitching in with War and Peace. It's mm. about, you know, building slowly. They're mm. building blocks, books, mm. you know. And the more we can read and build that literary repertoire, the more chance we've got of being able to make um, those deeper connections later on in life. Because we want children to read at school, but we want them to read for life. Um, mm. And that's what we're trying to do at Literacy Tree is we're trying to give them that literary repertoire that they can build upon. It's like a strong foundation that they can then use later on. And when it comes to um, juniors and key stage three and being in secondary school, when they're asked to compare and contrast great works of literature, they've got some books that they can do that with. You know, they've got some books that they read in reception and year one and year two that they did that with and those skills will go all the way up actually getting a physical book into a child's hands can be quite a, a difficult task because a young child and and you will know this parents you listeners a young child is so used to watching something and the narrative being laid out for them. Or that could be a cartoon, that could be something that they've seen on YouTube Kids or whatever, and they get so used to having the narrative put for them that they start to think about pictures rather than think about words. And I can remember my teacher, when he was talking about Emma, it brought it back to me that I can remember my teacher said saying to me, so what did you do yesterday? What did you do? And I said, well, I watched a film, a Sherlock Holmes mm -hmm. film. And she said, oh, that's not Sherlock Holmes. And I said, yes, yeah, it was. It was Sherlock Holmes. She said, no, that's not the proper Sherlock Holmes. And she gave me uh, a Sherlock Holmes book. And she gave me, it was the co a collection of Sherlock Holmes books. Oh, wow. And, and, and it, was, it was all in one book, but it was a series of stories. And I started reading it. I started to get what she meant. I, was, I wasn't an infant then. I was, a, I was older. But I started to get what she meant, that the descriptions that, you, that, you, that unfold when you read a story, you start to see it in a totally different way. It's not presented to you on a plate you have to go searching for it and through that that those stories of Sherlock Holmes I started to realize that the character of Holmes was a much deeper character than the know-it-all man with a magnifying glass that the film presented we begin the journey with those picture books and from that they start to build a narrative and okay, it might just be about uh, colours of cars or whatever, or however the story develops. It might be a very simple story. 
but it starts to give them a love of books to actually physically get a book in their hand and rather than have something dished to them on a plate through a cartoon or a film, it's actually presented to them in words. And that helps. We found at Dogsthorpe Infants, we've, we found that that's helped their vocabulary. Absolutely. And it's amazing how children will then have that vocabulary with that link to something that's deeper and contextual. Rather than just having a list of words, you know, we can give children lists of words and um, we can say here's a great you know list of words to describe characters but actually it's never going to do the job that an author can do in terms of that layering of language and um, and that inferring of what a character might be like you know just dropping an idea in and mm. actually really young children are excellent at inferring it's later we try to reteach that as a skill, mm. but younger children who aren't decoding yet are normally absolutely brilliant at inference. And that's one of the deeper, harder skills to teach. Uh, it's where, you know, you're starting to create an idea about someone or something uh, where it hasn't been written down in print. So you've got an idea that someone's sad, mm. but, you know, it hasn't been said, you know, Tony is sad. Mm. Um, and that's something which children who are not decoding can read in the pictures mm. and they can pick up the clues. So mm. the first job we would always say is read the pictures. Um, and then, you know, as parents and carers, we can ask those questions around uh, what do you like? What do you dislike? Have you got any questions? Does this remind you of anything? You know, what do you think's going on over there? You know, what can you see under there? Why do you think that's going to happen next? And, and and that can start to build the conversation. And that can just be around sometimes the front cover. That yeah. can be enough. And that can be enough yeah. reading for the day. And I'm putting that in inverted commas, you know, because mm. it, it might not feel like you're doing the reading, but that is, it's the reading behaviours. And mm. part of the job of um, sitting with a book is, to build up the attention span that's needed later on for when children are independent readers mm. by themselves. The more mm. we can do with that when they're younger, the better they will be able to focus um, and deeply engage with the text mm. later on when they are independent readers. And and I'm assuming that your resources at Literacy Tree pick up on, on these things like inference. Yes, um, we make sure that we've got... Um, a range of questions for each book. So we've got um, a resource that's called Writing Roots. So they're all tree-based names. We've got Writing Roots, um, and there are books which support children's knowledge of writing and cover a range of genres. And it's all about audience and purpose. So, you know, it's the right piece of writing at the right time. So it's journalistic writing, but it'll be using the right grammar at the right time. So modal verbs, journalistic writing but we've got to write that newspaper report because we've just discovered in this book boy in the tower that a building has collapsed so let's be the journalist so that's what those do um the literary leaves resource are our books for the teaching of reading comprehension and they start in year two and they go on um into later years up to year six um, and that's where we have got a range of questions as you're traveling through the book, 
for some novels and poetry anthologies and some high quality non-fiction books as well. Um, so we have books that, um, you know, cover a range of subjects like fanatical about frogs and stories about flight and, you know, all kinds of things that we can get a little bit geeky about, which is great. Um, and they help with some of the understanding of the books that we've got writing roots for as well. We make sure that they're complementary in theme. So when a child is in year six, which I know isn't relevant to infants, but I was just... No, it's in all important. Doing, you've got other other yeah. schools listed yeah. as well. Yeah. Uh, we've got Suffragette, which is a book which has a writing route for it. And then uh, the literary leaf that goes underneath that is Politics for Beginners which wow. is an Osborne children's book. And it, it means that the children have got that um, understanding that they're building together on a subject. Uh, but in year two, we've got Tadpole's Promise, which is a brilliant book. If you've not read it, uh, it has a surprise ending. I'll just give you the premise of it, that uh, a tadpole and a caterpillar fall in love. And they say to each other, I love you so much, don't change. And unfortunately, mm. slash fortunately, changes do happen, don't yeah, they? Yeah, it's an important you know message. Life cycles. Important and, message. Um, mm. It gets a bit messy, yes, is what I'm going to say. Mm. Um, so, yeah, there was a good surprise ending there. That We've got that in year two, and then we've got Owen Davies, Fanatical About Frogs, as our kind of non-fiction pairing there as well. Mm. So, yeah, there's lots of guidance there in terms of the books, and the resources that we've written for them. Um, there's only six of us in our team at Literacy Tree, and we write all the resources. Right. Uh, we say it's teachers, created by teachers, for teachers, um, but we're parents as well. So we we get it from both sides. We mm. understand it from both sides. You mentioned about writing. It's incre That's incredibly important as well, because um, when, I, when I was at school, uh, lots of people, all of us were writing. Uh, we didn't have everything to hand like uh, tablets or whatever and, and keyboards because they just, they just weren't there. And, uh, no. I, and the children just, I, and even adults, I don't think we have the opportunity that we used to to sit down and, and have uh, and write. Um, I can remember most Christmas. I bet you had good handwriting as well, didn't you? Well, <laughs> well let's skip over that one. <laughs> I should have been a doctor. Um, no, the um, <laughs> I think that it was it, it was ev more or less every Christmas I would get a writing set. Um, mm. I mean, I was I was born a long time ago, listeners, as I'm always telling you. Um, and I, I was given a, a writing set because you could you could write letters to uh, thank you letters for uh, Christmas and things like that. But don't do that now. We all send emails. And if we send an email, we'll do it on a keyboard or we'll do it on mm. on our phones. And we just don't get used to writing. And probably the only time we'll pick up a pen is maybe to vote, as we must do from time to time, and, and uh, sign our signature if we're signing an official form, that sort of thing. And, and it's very important for children to write and to get used to having the pen or the pencil, in our case, in their fingers and actually watching the, 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 the letters form. And it is about practice and opportunities to do that. I've got two now teenage daughters. They both keep a diary. They're doing a little bit of mm. writing every day. And 
sometimes there isn't a lot of writing. It's the sticking in of a, a ticket mm. or a receipt or something mm. in that. But it means that it's the little and often. Mm. And it's the little and often that will keep that skill going and keep that skill mm. alive. So mm. when it comes to it in the classroom, it doesn't feel like an onerous or an arduous no, task. No. Um, but we do need to think that a lot of our children uh, do often suffer with writing fatigue where they're holding a, a pen mm. or a pencil and they're not used to it for too long and mm. their hand starts to ache. No, we have that. We have that. Mm. Um, so, you know, it's about that. What we've tried to do at Literacy Tree is design writing opportunities that feel like they're very purposeful. So they should be engaging. We call it writing by stealth. So they are writing um, uh, warning posters and they are writing letters um, and they are writing things that feel like there's a sense of urgency about them. Um, there's a lot of drama embedded within our um, planning. And what we want children to do is really feel like I've got to write because I've got to get the job done. And and that whole thing, you know, we're often sitting children down if they're a bit bored and saying, D draw, draw mummy a picture or whatever. Maybe we yeah. should be encouraging our children to say, write down what you would like. Well, write down, you know, not, not, don't send me something off, off the tablet or an email, but write yeah. down something. And, and as you say, maybe something that's urgent. Something that you, what would yeah. you, you know, what would you really want? What do you want? You want for tea? That sort of thing. Write it to yeah. me. Write me a letter. Anything to get them to to actually uh, get that pen or that pencil in their hand. You're, you're absolutely right about fatigue. And I think a lot of that is about um, we just don't do it as often as perhaps we used to. Uh, no, because when I was at school, it's one of the first things I had to do was write. Yeah. It's not a practice skill, um, and and so now children have to see the point of it. And often um, we're asking children to do a creative piece of writing, and that's quite far removed from the writing we do every day. Uh, what we've got to think about is what's the purpose behind it? Are we informing? Are we entertaining? Are we persuading? You know, and get them to think about who's it for. Because if they think it's just going in their book to not be read by anyone, they're not going to want to do it. But if it's a poster, because we've got to get it up because we've seen some dragon tales around school, which is part of our books, uh, our book, The Dragon Machine, part of the work on that that happens in year two. Um, we'll, we'll write those posters, you know. Mm. Uh, another one of our books, Journey Home, is about four, which again, it's a year two one. Um, it's about four animals that meet that are all endangered and they've got to leave their homes. And so, you know, the children have to do a little bit of research about endangered animals and why they might stray away from their habitats. And then they create a campaign on how they can save another endangered animal so it doesn't become extinct because they meet a dodo along the way. And then they find out why he's not here anymore. You know, so it, mm. it's all about it feeling quite purposeful. Mm. Um but it's not saying sit down for an hour and write this big thing. Do you want to mention about your website and direct people to it? What's the, the address for that? Yeah, so it's literacytree.com. So www.literacytree.com. And yes, if you're on socials, it's at the literacy tree or um, and that's on Twitter and Instagram at the literacy tree. Um, 
and we have book lists on there as well that are freely available so yes some of the teaching resources um have to be paid for but there's lots of free bits on there as well there's bits and pieces in terms of uh, book lists and blogs that we do every month so there's one which we put on last week which is about AI um, and how useful that might be to us in terms of teaching children to write and what it can't do uh, as well as you know acknowledging what it can do as well um, so anything that we think is particularly relevant in terms of the work that we're doing with schools or parents we'll blog about it um, the book list, we've just done one, which is an updated version of all the latest traditional and fairy tales out there. And all the ones that have got those kind of, you know, twists in the tail, uh, we've made sure that they're all part of that. So if you're interested in that and you want to pick out a new title, uh, go to your library or your bookshop, then, you know, you could take that with you and ask them to seek some of those titles out for you. So there's some bits and pieces there for everyone. Great. Well, don't worry, listeners. All this will be in the text. All the links that uh, Lynn's been mentioning will, as always, be in the text. So you just one click away if you go into the text of this podcast. And and of course, if you're listening on a smart speaker, you you know from what um, Lynn's just said about where where to find the website. And we will make sure that there's a link on our reading section of our website to straight to the literacy tree because this is a this is a good resource and and you should should have a look at it and consider it. Lynn, thank you for today. Please keep in touch with us. And if you've got something that you want to bring back, if you've got a new resource or something, get in touch with us and we'll get you back on the launch pad because the work you do is incredible. Uh, will you pass on our thanks from Dog Thorpe Infants to everyone who works at Literacy Tree? Long may it continue because you do fantastic work. Join Captain Dave and his co-pilot Eddie Edster, the well-being dog, on another launch pad soon. Until then, always remember to be kind, be respectful, and most of all, dream, believe, and shine. Dogsthorpe Infant School is part of Hampton Academies Trust.